no one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. Thing about Roundup is that glyphosate in that Roundup, but it's 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 still a killing agent. It, that killing that it did out here, that's gonna it's killing in here as well. You might not discover it, you might not know about it, but if you go in the shop and you get. Grandpa taught me how to ride on a buckskin mare when I was five. He told me the way of life was in my blood. And I learned the ropes, how to hold the reins. When I got thrown, had to hide the pain. He gave me that I, and I'd get back up. And these days, I don't know if he's rounding up a herd of cattle Or going for raid in his own wrong saddle Or teaching a young buck a hard-learned, well-earned lesson I don't know if he's roaming around just to pass the time
What you just heard was yesterday. We were in the classroom. The classroom was in the pastures. He's well known among the Amish because him and his father and his seven brothers and four sisters manufacture Amish equipment. I visited their place. It's very impressive. The equipment the Amish have, they make a lot of it. We've been working with them for probably almost a year to utilize their equipment. You've heard me many times for you to get your food from your ground to your mouth as fast as you can. God is bringing us back to the soil. And I've said that before. Whether you want to or not, you're going to be there. Because the economy is going to crash. I can say that infallibly. Why? Because we know the system today does not glorify God. And it's going to crash. It's going to fall. And many people, millions of people, is going to be struck by lightning in their thoughts. Why did I get ready? Not to save yourself, but to kill the new way of life God's given to us. You heard of the song. She said, a way of life. The growing life is a way of life, and it's godly, and God blesses it. The Amish has kept God with them, how they live and what they do. 
It's admirable. So Malin, he came to Caritas with some equipment. He trained some of the community how to use this equipment. No gasoline, no electricity, no diesel fuel, no solar. The machine is the horse. God made the horse for man and made, and made man for the horse. They fit. It's a beautiful thing. We don't have him here for fun. It's part of a way life. The girl singing the song was about her grandfather is up in heaven. He gave her a way of life. Our lady has said in the messages, if you follow Jesus, you will experience heaven on earth. You heard Madeline was sharing his wisdom from his dad and from his grandfather. The wisdom of Amish is very valuable for the future now of where we should be living. I'm not saying you don't have to be an Amish, but what you have to do is get close to the soil, and then that way puts you close to God. Madeline was so interesting, I asked him to come to the studio. You're going to hear wisdom and things you've never heard before. Amazing. Our food chain is poisoned. Everything you eat has chemicals in it because they've been spraying everything like Roundup, and it's in the soil. He explained how much is in the food chain and how come people are so sick and why they're sick. Madeline, you was talking to us in the classroom out there in the pasture like that. Everybody was paying strong attention. The wisdom that you was telling us was amazing. And as you started talking about Roundup and pesticides, how it gets into your body, virtually it's everywhere in everybody. So now that we're in the studio, tell us some of the things to our audience, what you told us in the classroom outside. So back to your question on Roundup and some of the things about Roundup. I'll tell you them details today. I'm not going to say they're factually all correct. It's some of my opinions and some of our experiences. So uh, to start off, okay, why Roundup? A lot of people ask the question, okay, why? Why do we go to Roundup? Well, if we go back to our ancestors, it's our grandpas. They were the introduction to a lot of these chemicals. It looked like a quick fix. Weeds were a pest. And it was from the beginning when, when Adam came out of the garden by the sweat of that brow. Okay, this almost looked like we can get rid of it without sweating, right? Okay, that's when a lot of people were so excited. And I think that's why this Roundup whole thing got is so exciting to a lot of people because it's a quick fix. Well, what a lot of people didn't realize is, okay, this Roundup that we think stays out in the field doesn't necessarily stay in the field. Because if we have, and a good example is, Yesterday, we were working with the horses. We had an issue with flies. So guess what we did? We got this fly spray, and you could smell it. It was a very strong, oily diesel fuel smell to it. Okay? We ran out, so one of the guys just grabbed a diesel fuel jug and sprayed it on the horses. Okay, it worked. Okay, if I took my hand, and I had some diesel fuel, and I'm out filling the tractor up or car or whatever, and I come in the house, what's the first question my wife asked me? Were you handling fuel? Okay, after all, that was two hours ago. Why can't you smell it, right? Well, that oil that was on my hand transferred to my pants or whatever I rubbed, 
and that will stay in there. It will not just disintegrate. That same principle applies to when we talk about glyphosate out in the field. That oil, that resin, will stay on that plant as the seed head, whatever shape or form, that will stay in the field. That is a chemical. It will not just go up in fresh air all of a sudden. It will stay in that field. And we see the effects today because, okay, remember, our grandpas did this way back when. Today, we have weeds that no longer die because of Roundup. They're immune to it. Okay, now we need to go stronger. We need to even get smarter. We need to get stronger repellents to take care of certain species of weeds. So we just up the power, right? Okay, we're carrying more chemical into the food industry. And a classic example is corn. Corn and soybeans, but corn is probably the number one traded commodity in the agriculture industry. One of them, I'm not saying it's the one, but one of them. For the whole world. That I can't speak to, but it's a nationally traded product. Well, if you do it on a commercial scale, most people will go with Roundup. They do GMO and they do Roundup. Okay, when they spray that Roundup on there, that product that's genetically modified, it has to be genetically modified in order to do that. So we spray Roundup in our field from last year. So that's in the, it's in the soil. We spray the crop. So we have it on our stalks. And it's going to come and become in the ear. Now, your soil can only produce what's in it. Your soil can't produce a nice red tomato if you don't have a rich, good soil. Okay, that's the same thing with an ear corn. Now, you can manipulate that. There's enough research being done. We know corn needs certain ingredients. It needs nitrogen. It needs a certain amount of chemical fertilizer. We can actually still produce 200 bushel an acre. We can manipulate that, that we don't necessarily need a good soil to produce that ear. The thing that we keep in mind here is that ear, that ear of corn that we're all going to eat someday, can only grow, it can only become what it has to grow out of. Okay, so if we have nitrogen, if we have Roundup in our soils, if we have chemical fertilizers, we're eating that stuff like it or not. And if just for an example, if you look at old fertilizer spreaders, generally they're all rusted out. Why? Because that chemical fertilizer is corrosive. Okay, that's what's in their soil and that's what's going in the food chain. Yeah, that's profound to have that knowledge. Continue. So we talked about the Roundup. Okay, now let's talk about we harvest that corn. It goes in the food chain. Now that ends up in our stomach, in our belly. Okay, Again, that glyphosate, you drink that glyphosate cup, just like you said this morning, the commercials that were being aired way back when in our grandpa's time, they were drinking the glyphosate. It's safe, right? It's safe for everybody. Okay. A lot of people say that, and it, it, it actually is. If you drink it, it's not going to hurt you. So Roundup, they used to have a commercial on TV years ago. Mm-hmm. They showed it's, it's not dangerous, mm-hmm. and the guy drank it mm-hmm. on TV. And so you're saying, just for an example, uh, back about 10 years ago, one of my little nephews, he was just crawling on the ground. My sister-in-law was out spraying Roundup. Okay. She was spraying out in the driveway. One of my nephews came behind her. She didn't realize he's out there and he was putting the rocks that she just got done spraying in her mouth. So what did he do the first thing? They called the poison control center. Oh, it's Roundup. It's not a big deal. You're, you're okay. Not, you don't have to do anything about it. Wow. 
Okay. And the reason that I like to refer to as a killing agent, uh, Roundup, the glyphosate in the Roundup is a, it's a killing agent. It actually, like when you spray Roundup and you spray it out in the grass, as soon, it's literally as soon as that evaporates, the killing power is gone. Okay, so that's that. It's a it's a comfort to a lot of people. Like for an example, in the no-till industry, it's a very common that you spray Roundup and you follow with a no-till drill and you put in it the seeds grow and they do, works every time. However, that chemical that glyphosate still will enter the food system through the ear of corn that we talked about. Okay, now that ear of corn is going to be in the fall. They're going to harvest. It's going to go to. Is it a chip factory? Is it? It can be gummy bears. It can be anything that has corn syrup. You name it. That glyphosate will become in our gut. When we eat it, is it corn chips, Doritos? We all like those. If we eat that stuff, that sets in our gut. Keep in mind, glyphosate and Roundup is the same thing. Roundup is a, that's the marketing term that everybody talks about. Glyphosate is the number one ingredient in, in Roundup. Okay. So as I say that we eat that in our gut. And if we have a good gut, you might never have an issue. But that will reside in there and your gut, what the microorganisms in your gut to keep your gut healthy, to keep your food processed so that you can stay healthy, that glyphosate, the killing agent in that will also kill those. In my opinion, that's why we have people with ADHD. Some of those disorders are a direct result from, is it glyphosate? Is it the chemical fertilizer? It, it, the different people's bodies will respond in a different way. But one of the things, just a classic example of that is how your gut is affected. If you take, let's say, milk, for an example, we'll shift the focus here a little bit away from, we'll come back to that then. But like, if you take a glass of milk, if you go to Walmart and you buy a glass, let's say it's 2% for an example. When you drink that milk, your body takes that milk and it receives it as food. Okay. So... But it entered, if you have that 2% milk, it's going, it enters your gut more in a liquid form like a glass of water. Okay, if you, in, in exchange of that, if you have a good healthy cow, it's good cream milk, it's not been dehomogenized, not all that stuff been done to it, processed. Now, your body takes that and it takes it and you take it in as food. Your body distinguishes that. And to my knowledge, that's the best simplest, easiest way, again, it's a gut thing that some people say they can't have milk, they're allergic to milk. Well, yes, they are maybe, but it's a cause and effect. And we've had numerous situations where we had people that were allergic to store-bought milk and we were able to switch them over to is it goat milk or even just a better, uh, like, a, like in your situation, in cows with cream that you don't process it, it's not homogenized, that are able to drink that and they're totally fine. So when it gets in your gut, it kills your bacteria. And that's basically everything we're eating. If you if you go to let's say you go to Walmart or wherever and you're shopping, is it candy, is it a Snickers candy bar, is it a bottle of Pepsi, is it you name it. Whatever you buy, from candies to snacks, you, if you look on the ingredient list, it's very seldom that you find something that doesn't have corn syrup in it. And if you have corn syrup in it, there's a pretty good chance 
if you test that for glyphosate, then you could find positive tests for it. For an example, here we have, uh, it's a simple Mills cookie of some sort. It's a crunchy almond flour cookies, toasted pecans of flavor. Okay, it says non-GMO, gluten-free. If you look at the ingredients here, nut flour, almonds, pecans, coconut, tapioca starch, it's organic coconut sugar, organic coconut oil, arrowroot vanilla extract, baking soda, sea salt, cream of tartar, rosemary extract for freshness. The question that I always have here is, okay, it was produced in Chicago, Illinois. And let's see the, do they have an expiration date? Best Buy 921 of 2023. So for an example, my first question, when I see something like this, it's all great. It, it sounds actually really good. And it probably is. But I like to think about Okay, we have nut flour. Okay, those nuts had to be grown somewhere. Somebody had to pick them up. Somebody had to take them to the processing facility. Somebody had to process them. Somebody had to gather the flour. Somebody had to mix that cookie. There is, if you follow the churning that this food has to take, we all know people will be compromising somewhere. And it, it's, it's okay. I get it. We have to. But I would much rather see, and like for us at home, that's what we, we do a lot. I'm not saying we don't buy this stuff, but my wife makes the best granola bars. It's a chocolate chip, oat, various heavy oats. I'm not even sure what all the ingredients are, but they are the best in my opinion. For an example, it's in a bar form. We keep them frozen. And the best way to eat it is you have a good, strong cup of coffee that's very black. And that granola bar go hand in hand. But my point is, if I eat one of those in the morning, okay, so I eat it and I, it's, I feel good, it's good. If we don't have those at home and I go to work, we have, and at work, we have the Sunbelt brand granola bars. They're a good brand, better than some of the other Quaker or whatever. Okay, if I eat one of those, I eat it and I'm still hungry. I still feel I'm hungry. It almost like it, I feel like I didn't eat anything. If I take one of Neoma, my wife's, along and I eat it, I eat it and I feel like I ate something. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go to work. I'm, I feel I'm ready to start. Personally, I feel that's a huge part of the blame of the obese in America. Because if you eat it, it, if it almost doesn't feel like you ate anything. You'll want to go right at it again. If you have a good, healthy, uh, grainy, it's a cookie, granola bar, whatever. If you eat it, you feel like you ate something and you're ready to do something. You can work off of what you ate. When I was there at your house, I, I tasted that. It was very good. Going from there, what's your advice for people to avoid these things? Well, one of the first things that we do at home in our house is we have specialties. Don't get me wrong, we do. But we like to look at you want the, the lowest amount of ingredients on your product at all possible. And I feel if we can, like, a, take a cookie, I would much rather buy sugar and buy my cane sugar. I know, we know where it's coming from. We buy our flour. We know where it's coming from. Buy your ingredients and put them together. You're, in my opinion, that's a lot safer and it's, a, it's less uh, preservatives. It's a lot less, for health-wise, that's a lot healthier than if you buy a cookie at a store or a donut or whatever. Tell us a little bit about your family and what y'all do and the equipment that you manufacture. 
We've been working for the last two days. You've been training us. We just, on the last seven months, we bought 16 pieces of equipment for the future. I've, I've been talking years and years what's going to happen. That you have to get your food from your ground to your mouth as fast as you can. You can't depend on gasoline, electricity, diesel fuel, all these things. God is going to bring us back to the soil, whether or not you want it or not. So give us a capsule of what you do as for your equipment. Sure. So to get started as far as what we do, I'm going to start back. My father started Pioneer Equipment back in 1978. The reason he started Pioneer Equipment was back then it was a supply and demand issue. We were farming with horses. And a lot of the equipment that we had back in the 70s came out of the Midwest because the Midwest farmers were going from horses to tractors. So a lot of this horse-drawn equipment got pushed in fence rows. Because of the humidity out west, a lot of that equipment didn't, it didn't rust. So there was a lot of equipment dealers hauling semi-loads upon semi-loads of this equipment to the east, and they were selling it. Well, the supply was very good. 50s and 60s, stuff kept coming in. The 70s and 80s, the supply was going downhill. The demand was going up. Okay, guess what happens? There's a price war in there. The price goes up to the point where you can actually, dad saw the opportunity to start actually manufacturing equipment and you were able to manufacture new equipment for less money than this used stuff was coming from the West. So that's why my dad started Pioneer Equipment. We manufactured equipment for over 40 years and our focus was horse-drawn farm equipment. That was our focus. That was our bread and butter. That's what we did every day. We had about 150 dealers across the United States and Canada that we served. Our goal was, my family, we enjoy talking. We enjoy people. We enjoy relationships. Back in 2015, we had a family meeting. In that meeting, there was seven of my brothers and four of my sisters who were present in the meeting. Our conclusion was, we need to look at our future. How does it look in five years? Because we like people, because we like to talk, and we had, we use the term, we need a bigger sandbox for everybody to play in. So our conclusion was we would like to have our own retail store. Long story short, in 2018, that's when we started Ackermans, and that's who and where you bought your equipment from that you have. When we started Ackermans, we saw the need just for like you guys. Okay, we were manufacturing equipment for horses, and we we're very strong in tillage, but we had big gaps in the market. We didn't have manure spreaders. We didn't have a lot of planter units. We didn't have a disc. We didn't have mowers. We didn't have hay balers. Our conclusion was a lot of our customers out there, they need equipment, but they actually need solutions. In your situation, everything's ground drive. There's no hydraulic. There's no power. Okay, we might have someone else next week that has a tractor, but it's only 50 horse. Okay, it, he needs other solutions. So our theory has always been the listen to the voice of the customer, provide solutions based on his needs. And that's really what we have done in this situation. And that's what our focus has been. We started our dealership in 2018. We were a dealer for Pioneer Equipment. And we also had a rental center. The rental center has greatly benefited us because we rent all this equipment out. So therefore, we gain experience. We serve as what we sell. And we learn more of how the equipment actually works. Our service people, 
If you have issues, you can call our service guys. We can talk about it, whatever. But back to in 2022, in December of 2022, we chose to sell off the Pioneer Equipment line. I'm not going to go in detail to that story, why we all did that. In a nutshell, competition did become more. Our family chose to walk away from the market rather than stay in and compete. We had a lot of friendly competition. Small mom and pop stores started great manufacturers. And that's some of the equipment that you have today is from those manufacturers. They do a good job. Instead of competing against them, we chose to support them. So we have plenty of work. We're more in the commercial market. It's served us well for 40 years. We chose to walk away from it. We still interact with people, especially with Ackermans. We can still service all the equipment that we had in the past. For our listeners to contact you, how do they do that? The best way to contact us is look up AckermansEquipment.com on the website. And you can email us. Our phone number's on there. Call us, email us. Our team is uh, will be glad to take care of you. Tell them you learned this from Caritas in Alabama. People, we're stupid. We are dumbed down. We're eating wrong things. We live in the wrong way. We're not living what God has planned for us. Like Genesis says, by the sweat of your brow, you will eat. Not from Walmart. Not for Publix. This is not the future. You have to step out of this radically and quickly. You have to be praying and get on the right road because the world is going the wrong direction. We've had several community conferences about this. Maybe this fall we could put something together. Be praying. Be thinking, be fasting, and let Jesus and Our Lady, what she is, raising Jesus. Because he was in our growing life. If it's good enough for him, that's what we've been led to now. We ask you to help us. We need to sign up more people, Project 50 people, to spread so many things yet to come. Support this mission. We are witness of the first witness, I say, of turning Medjugorje into a way of life. And that's the road you're supposed to be on. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Good night. This ends the Medjinomics broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.